Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, and it's just me today. I sat down and talked to Houston Wilson of Prep Hoops for about 20, 25 minutes to talk about the newest recruit for the 2021 Bearcats recruiting class. In fact, he's the first recruit, uh, but Bryson Spell. We, we spoke about him for you know a good amount of time, learning about what his strengths are, what he's going to bring to the Bearcats, uh, the league he played in in Virginia, and, and kind of how Houston sees him developing and what he sees his upside is in terms of long-term uh, growth and development with the Cincinnati Bearcats program. Thought it was a helpful conversation. It's always fun to, to get into these recruiting conversations, and we haven't had a chance to do it in a while. So it was uh, it was refreshing, fun. It's a different tone. It's a different type of conversation than we've been having in the last few weeks. And I think uh, I think a lot of you folks are going to appreciate that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Houston Wilson. We are now joined by Houston Wilson, recruiting analyst at prephoops.com. Houston, thank you for joining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat podcast. Thanks, Zach, for having me on. Looking forward to talking Cincinnati hoops and y'all's latest commitment, uh, who is from the Virginia area that I've seen quite a few times. Well, that's exactly why we wanted to get you on, was to chat about the newest commit and the first commit for the 2021 uh, Cincinnati Bearcats class, and that's Bryson Spell. Um, before we get into his game and learning a little bit more about where he's come from, what school he played at, what the league was like, uh, give us a little background about yourself. Do you focus in terms of what you do at Prep Hoops? Are you covering Virginia exclusively? Are you going outside of that? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I currently live in Arlington, Virginia, which is, you know, right outside of D.C. And at the high school level, I focus on high school prospects um, kind of from the DMV area, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, kind of during the high school season. Um, and then, you know, once AAU starts in the spring and summer, I hit the road kind of all across the country to kind of get a, um, my eyes on a few prospects, you know, some of the top prospects all across the country. Um, I have a scouting service that um, college coaches can subscribe to. Um, so, uh, you know, I kind of have my eyes on the whole country, to be honest, with the main focus on the DMV kids. And I just um, just started getting into the middle school hoop scene, my company prep hoops, um, they started a middle school circuit. So, um, you know, like we were telling you off air, I was actually in Cincinnati this past weekend, um, covering some of the best Midwest middle schoolers. So what's that like? What's it like, you know, transitioning from, I imagine scouting high schoolers can be difficult, right? Cause there's so much growth right. left and, and development left. And you're, you don't really know what the personality of the, of the, of the individual is going to be in the future. I imagine that gets even more difficult when you're covering eighth graders. Yeah. So, you know, the, the main thing to not do when covering eighth graders is throw a comparison out. Like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be the next LeBron James. This guy's <laughs> going to be the next Kevin Durant. Um, once you hit the middle school circuit, you are really looking at size, the size of kids that kind of stand out right away. Like this past weekend, you know, I saw a six, four, sixth grader. Um, you know, he still has, uh, yeah, he still has a lot to learn. You know, he wasn't the most dominant player on his team, but when you see a kid in sixth grade standing at six, four already, you know, that's something that you have to jot down because I mean, the potential and upside, um, is just huge. So, um, but you know, I, I really enjoy 
learning about these kids at such a young age, um, just because I, I, I want to learn, uh, you know, it's a business and this business is competitive and I want to learn about players, you know, before anyone else. So, um, I can start tracking them, but yeah, it's definitely a learning curve going from the high school to middle school scene. And I'm, I'm still around the high school scene a lot, but, um, yeah, it, it's definitely cool watching the development of these middle schoolers. Very neat. And you're not, you're not located in a bad area. I mean, I can't, I probably, yeah. I'm probably going to forget some, but from the DMV in the past, we've had James White, we've had DeMar Johnson back in 2000, yep. uh, no shortage of talent in that area for sure. Yeah, the, the NCAA every year, they do a study on um, high school prospects that go to a Division One school from where they're from. And three of the past few years, three of the top five states have been, well, Mar- you know, D.C. is not really a state, but they included them. Um, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, I think North Carolina was the fourth, and then Georgia was the fifth. Wow. Yeah. Per, like, per capita. So, but yeah. Right, right. Well, good stuff. Let's let's get into to Bryson Spell a little bit. He's like I mentioned before. He's the first commit for the twenty twenty one class with the Cincinnati Bearcats. We don't need to get into it on this podcast, but there's obviously a, a huge need to bring in some talent on the Bearcats roster as it stands. Uh, Bryson, from you know, I'll give the quick rundown, which is that he's from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Played at Cape Henry Collegiate School, power forward, six nine. But from there. I'd like you to kind of give us a sense of, of just a little bit, you know, what Bryson's spell is about, where he came from, the league he played in. What kind of information can you share about that? Yeah. So Bryson Spell, um, like you said, you know, he, he's from Cape Henry Collegiate in Virginia Beach. Really storied high school basketball program um, in, this, in the Hampton Roads area. And then also, you know, they've had a lot of success in the, whole, the entire state of Virginia. Um, his coach is, is – by as you name uh, a guy named Mark Hall, whose son actually played at Virginia, um, was drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, now he's playing overseas, but Cape Henry, they've had multiple um, Division One guys. Uh, Chris Clark, who went to Virginia Tech, um, then transferred to Texas Tech. Um, Marcus Evans, who just recently graduated from VCU. So, you know, it, it, he's been playing for a program that as, as, as close to a division one program at the, at the high school level, um, as you can, I mean, he, they, they always go deep in the state tournament. Um, he won a handful of conference tournaments. They play in the, uh, TCIS, which is the Tidewater conference of independent schools. Um, and you know, he's had, and he had success all throughout, um, his time at Cape Henry collegiate. Like I said, Mark Hall does a great job. Um, you know, he, Mark Hall was in consider has been rumored, you know, about joining some college staffs, but never never joined the collegiate ranks. Just built a really really good powerhouse in Cape Henry Collegiate. Impressive. So when you say Division One, I'm not familiar with Virginia, but are we talking yeah. about highest level of ball in the state of Virginia? Yeah. So that that brings up a good point because kind of two things. What I mean by that one is Division One is the highest level for private schools, and Cape Henry participated that. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've won numerous state championships under Mark Hall. I don't think you know, Brighton never got one, but they always made it to like the quarterfinals or semifinals. Um, but also the division one, when I brought that up is Mark Hall, he runs that program, Cape Henry, like a division one program. I mean, it's, a, it's the, some of the closest comp, um, 
you know, similarities to a Division One college program like that high school. Okay, yeah, that's um, good. Which is which is great, you know. Um, Bryson Spell, he he's going to get to Cincinnati. Um, you know, real like he he's going to be ready right away, right away, and I see him making an impact right away because of the development uh, he got at Cape Henry. Interesting. So it's kind of a, an attractive private school for top level mm-hmm. players. It's it's kind of a program that that you know talented basketball players go to and funnel to because of their their. I guess goals to maybe reach a division one collegiate level in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have the statistics off the top of my head, but Cape Henry, they at least have two um, division one players on their team every year. Gotcha. So let's talk about Bryson's game a little bit. Um, you yep. know, what jumps off the page is pretty good size, right? Six, nine. Um, but then when you watch the highlights, I mean, it, it seems like he's got range. He can shoot a little bit. Tell me a little bit about Bryson's game. Yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking of a stretch four in today's game, Bryson spells the definition of that. Like you said, you know, he's 6'9". He can play inside out well. He stretches the four extremely well. Um, you know, his, his shooting his shooting stroke is pure textbook form, and, and that's one of his biggest advantages to the game, being able to stretch that three-point line and shoot the ball. Um, he's – He's grown, you know, like I, I think probably this time last year, he was about six, seven. And, you know, right now, you know, he's listed six, nine. We have them listed is that, um, and, you know, as he got old, as he got older and started to develop more in his body, he became a lot more aggressive. Um, you know, he, like I said, he's, he's able to stretch the floor really well, but he's even added more to his game. You know, he can put it on the deck um, and just score in a variety of ways on offense uh, pretty at all three levels, pretty much. Um, you know, going to Cape Henry, being one of the better players in that league, you know, he saw a few double teams and whatnot. And he he does a great job of passing. You know, he can distribute the ball really well um, when, when he's double teamed. Uh, he, he's a smart player, um, very good basketball IQ. And, and that's going to that's going to help him get to uh, when he's at Cincinnati is, you know, he has a high basketball IQ and he's always making smart plays. But, you know, overall, just really good, versatile stretch for that. I mean, once he gets hot, man, it, it, he's hard to stop um, from from deep. Do you have any percentages with regard to, like, what he shot from three, what he shot at the rim, anything like that? I don't off the top of my head now. I don't. No, okay. But, I mean, it, it, he, was a, he was a valuable, um, reliable three-point shooter. Safe to say that he's the kind of guy, if it swings around the perimeter – a defense is calling him out screaming shooter. Like he's, he's exactly. someone you have to, to stick on. Do I have that right? Am I being yes, you're accurate? A hundred percent. And you know, Bryson, right. Like I said, you know, Bryson, he's a very smart. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I know for a fact, his GPA was very hot and he was getting, and you know, that, that translate that helps on the basketball court too. He's a smart guy. Um, I know for a fact that, you know, there were some Ivy, Ivy leagues poking around, uh, flirting with his recruitment, Cincinnati. Um, I know they, they offered him pretty young. Um, I think, but, um, you know, he was a guy that he was getting looked at by some of the top, you know, the ACC schools around here. He he's been to Virginia. Uh, he went to Virginia for a visit. Um, Virginia tech had been talking to him a good amount. Um, so, you know, he had that, that ACC interest at a time. And I think Cincinnati, you know, like you said, 
right now their basketball program, you know, they've seen a lot of departures the past few days, but, and I think, um, you know, that early playing time really probably stood out. And I think that's probably why he pulled the trigger and decided to commit last week. Yeah. I see that. It looks like the Bearcats may have offered him back in April of 2020. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. They maybe had a chance to see him play before then. You, when, when did the growth spurt happen? You said he went from six, seven to six, nine. Yeah. Over, over the, um, the past, past year or so. That's, that's interesting. Cause I'm, you yeah. look at the other teams that, that had offered him at this point, I see, or maybe, or had interest in some way, shape or form. I'm seeing Elon, George Washington, old dominion, Virginia tech. And then recently I'm, I'm hearing more and more about other ACC teams, uh, poking their head around, seeing what kind of, what was going on here, but it maybe, maybe getting to him a little bit earlier, helped the, the Bearcats in this case of securing that commitment from Bryson. Yeah. And you know, one thing I want to point out real quick is that Gersper really allowed him to be even a better defender. Um, you know, he, I seen him, you know, be a really solid, um, rim protector. Um, and, you know, he has really good length. Like I said, he, he's a stretch four, and he'll be able to guard multiple de- um, positions at the next level. Interesting. So physically, I, I did want to get into defense and maybe how that projects long term. Any any kind of idea or estimates in terms of wingspan? Is it, you know, is, is, it, is it a person with a raw raw tools that would translate well to being a, a top level defender? Yeah, I expect him, you know, in that conference Cincinnati plays in, I, I think he'll be able to do. Yeah, his, I don't know his wingspan, but I mean he has long, he has really good length to him, long arms, and I think that's going to help you know him be able to guard the four spot. Um, and obviously, I think he could be a lockdown defender at the three spot too. So look for him to kind of defensively be that three three four um, matchup. And then, like yeah, I mean with his size, he he'll really be able to defend multiple positions. Um, he's going to go out and you know. His his motor has improved over the past year too. Um, you know he he'll be calling out screens and ca- uh, calling out matchups on defense and that overall just with that growth spurt over the past year, his overall energy and motor have just has really improved, which helps him on the defense end. Um, I've seen him become a more a stronger rebounder um, too. So you know, in my eyes, he's been playing his best basketball over the past year or so. And I think going into college, that's going to help him even more. So for, you know, everyone coming out at this age is going to have things that they need to develop and work on. And that's certainly going to be the case with Bryson spell too. I mean, anytime you're making the jump from high school to, to college, one of the first things that usually jumps out is getting into a strength and conditioning program at the college level. Cause the, the amount of athlete you're going up, you go from playing against, you know, 16, 17 year olds, to playing against some um, 21, 22 year olds. And it's a, it's a big difference. So in terms of, you know, Bryson's raw athleticism, if you if I ask you to rate it on a one to five scale, five being the most athletic, where do you think he falls? 3.9. Um, yeah, he's not the quickest guy. Um, so I think the speed of the game, he might, he might have some hiccups at the beginning, but you know, as a freshman, I mean, you you know, you you kind of, it's not out of the ordinary. So I think the speed, he'll have to get used to that, and just his overall speed. I mean, like I say, he's not the fastest guy, so that might be a few um, concerns going in. And just one thing, like like I said, he you know he's a reliable shooter, but 
he can, if he doesn't hit his first two, I've seen him kind of get down on himself and then it's just kind of an inconsistent game for him on a given night if he doesn't hit that first or second. So just kind of keeping that positive energy and just keep shooting the ball um, is something. And, you know, the Bearcat staff, will they'll help with that. Uh, you know, as he continues to get older and mature, that might not be an issue. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest advantages I could see him having and I found it, you know, this year we have a player named Jeremiah Davenport who from Cincinnati shot 14% from three his freshman year. And he did have a year of prep, uh, prep school in between there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year took a massive leap. And I think the percentage, I didn't check the final one, but I think it ended up finishing around 36%. He's about six 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 seven, And when you have that type of height and size, it does become a lot easier for you to just get your shot off. It's hard, right. hard to contest you. And if you're open at all, even a, a sliver of, of daylight, that's a huge advantage for, for a knockdown three point shooter. So that's definitely, I think I see where his forte would be um, instinctually. Like when you're just watching him react and, and process the game, both offensively and defensively, how, how do you see his kind of instincts on both sides of the court so far? Yeah. So offensively, it's always been there. You know, he, he's a guy that, you know, he sets screens, um, and he can play really good in the pick and roll also in his size. Like he knows his strengths well. So he's always going to try and do what's best for him and his team, obviously. And his instincts defensively has been what, what has, I've been really, um, I found like he's improved on that a lot over the past year. Like I said, he wasn't, you know, as energized on the defensive end, like he has. And now that's really, that's really picked up in the past year. Um, and, you know, it looks like he enjoys playing defense. And with his length and size, that's important. And then that's, you know, that's what's helping him be a better um, rim protector, altering shots. So, yeah, instincts there. I mean, he plays within his strengths. And like I said, his, he's a smart guy. Um, and he's just always going to do the right thing to uh, try to help his team win. In terms of maybe – it doesn't sound like it's a big part of his game at this point, but he's not really, it doesn't sound like necessarily a ball in hand type creator, right? That's not really right. in his game, in his skill set at this point. Right. Now he's, uh, yeah, he'll be playing off the ball um, for sure. But he, it, well, not, I meant to mention this and stuff that he's improved on. He's, he knows that he can get his shot off kind of whenever he wants. So um He's been moving. He's been moving off the ball a lot more to try to get open and whatnot. And you know, if if he, if he has a defender on him, um, you know how far it is he's not afraid. I mean, like I said, he he can shoot it with some of the best and um, that I've seen from the state of Virginia. And he's not a lot, He's not afraid to let it fly. And I think I think you know once he gets to Cincinnati, that staff will realize that. And you know you and some other Bearcat fans, you you might get a little upset sometimes he pulls the trigger from deep, but there's a reason he might be given that green light. Yeah, we're desperate for shooting. Look, I don't yeah. think, I think most fans, Bearcats, that's not something we've ever really been known for is having knockdown shooters. Last mm-hmm. season, we, we, we certainly had a couple. Jeremiah Davenport, I alluded to him. Um, Mason Madsen, he was someone who, who did leave the team, but was also a, a spot up knockdown three point shooter. So you can never have too much. And and I'm looking for a new member of the let that thing fly club. So uh, right. hopefully, hopefully Bryson is, is well, well equipped to join that club next season in terms yeah. of how you and see I, it. Go ahead. Uh, just 
I, you know, he's going to be a guy. I, like I said, I think he's going to. Um, he, he's going to get a lot, especially with the roster turnover that you all have. He's going to get his chance right away. Um, statistically, I mean, you know, freshmen they have their hiccups, and we talked about that. But I really think, you know, as he continues to develop and get older within that system, I mean, he's going to be. He has a real good opportunity to be a double-digit score, close to double-digit um, rebounders and rebounds per game. And then, like I said, he might be a guy that you know throw in two blocks per game or something because his defense over the past year has really, really improved. And are you saying you're projecting him outward in terms of like three years, two years? Or are you saying yeah. you're not you're not saying freshman year he's jumping no, in here? No, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because what I've noticed when when big men in particular come into the to the college game, um, and this I think the same thing happens when you go from college to NBA or a professional league, that playing being like the defensive anchor of a team in the post, it's it's right. the athleticism can be there, but at times the game is just moving so fast that you're out of position more frequently mm-hmm. than you should be. So yeah, how quickly he can process that, get used to the speed of play build up, you know, his athleticism a bit, get stronger, get a little quicker. Um, that's where I think, you know, he, it sounds like he's someone who can, they can really build into being a very productive college player, but maybe not necessarily an instant you know, big minutes, big usage contributor, but he's going right. to be able to get some spot minutes and have a role. Quick reminder for me. What is this year? Will this be year three for the new staff or Mick Cronin took over UCLA. Yeah, this and, will be there. They've just finished their second season. This okay, will be year right. three. Okay. So, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, the departures, you know, from that first class, really, um, they, they might not, not be there right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not but ideal. when, you know, if, if Bryson turns out to be the type of player, um, I think he can be, we'll, we'll look back to this commitment as being a key one for this rebuild. I didn't see any sort of, you know, 24 seven sports composite ranking on him. Does he project? Like if you were going to put him in terms of stars, I, yeah. does, he, does he not have a ranking or is it, you know, what, what's the, what's happening there? Yeah. Um, I think I, he was definitely, in my opinion, a top 200 kid, um, before COVID started, in my opinion. Um, he, he's, played with team loaded Virginia on the Adidas circuit the past few years. And I think um, if they would have had a spring or a spring or a U summer last year, he definitely would have been noticed kind of more of a national scene team loaded. Virginia is a historical AU program on the Adidas circuit from this area who has, you know, tons of success. They're getting players to power five conferences year in year out. So kind of on a national side, you know, he might've kind of been forgotten about, but if you were to ask me and some other people I work with um, on a more regional base about Bryson, great, nothing but great things about him. Awesome. Awesome. So if we're projecting out, I like to get some sort of comparison, the best you can do off the top of your head, yeah. but if you're projecting out and I don't want you to necessarily compare him to an NBA player, cause that's a bit unreasonable, right. but a college player or you know, a style of player that you could see him developing into over the course of his four-year career with the Bearcats. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how much um, y'all see, y'all saw Evan Nolte from the University of Virginia, um, but if, you know, Bearcats fans were to look him up, um, I see some similarities to, from, to him. Uh, he, uh, Evan Nolte played under Tony Bennett at Virginia, originally from Georgia. 
Oh, um, okay. I, I, I see a lot of similarities bet- between them two. So Bearcat fans, look Evan Nolte up. You can see some um, some stuff you might be able you get from Spell in a few years. I like that. I like that. That's a little homework for everybody listening uh, at yep. home, but that's something to look forward to. Houston, I appreciate it, man. This is good. This is helpful. Uh, we yeah. like just giving people a sense of what we've got coming in and, and kind of what to look forward to with the different, you know, different talent, different players that are joining the UC program. Um, any, any parting thoughts or, or, you know, if there's questions I didn't ask you that I should have any final thoughts here on Bryson Spell? Yeah. Um, thank you again, Zach, for having me on. Um, always love talking um, about players that I've seen and just, you know, Closing remark is I, I really think fair thing goes well. Like I said, I, I think we could look back to this commitment being a key one um, for this rebuild that's going on at Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, hopefully in a few years from now, we'll, we can look back to uh, this conversation. Uh, hopefully some good things that spell did for you guys. I hope so Houston. So we can find your work. I'm going to share your Twitter feed here. You can find Houston on Twitter at Houston spelled like the city underscore Wilson one number one at Houston underscore Wilson one Houston where else can people find your work yeah um so www.prephoops.com and um I a lot of uh writing on there and then also um prep hoops next is kind of our middle like our middle school website so if you if any of you guys want to learn about some of the top middle school middle schoolers coming up www.prephoopsnext.com. Um, I got a lot of work on there. So prephoops.com and prephoopsnext.com. And then obviously you shared my Twitter. All right. We appreciate it, Houston. Um, you said you were in Cincinnati. Did you get to experience the city at all? Did you get to do anything while you're here? Um, so luckily I have family um, that lives there. Um, my dad's my dad's brother and um, family lives up there. And I got the famous Montgomery and ribs all right. um, this past weekend. So all right. All right. Good for you. That's where they, uh, they host the, well, during non COVID time that times, that's where the coaches show is every week. So, you know, okay, John Brandon, nice, nice. uh, yep. whatever his, his weekly radio show at Montgomery. Inn. so nice choice. Can't complain yep. with that. Uh, next time you're in town, let us know. We'll give you some recommendations, but we really appreciate it. Houston, Houston Wilson, recruiting analyst at prep, Ho- prep hoops. Thank you for joining the podcast, sir. Thanks Zach.